Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning, Bob Sekoler at the Louisville Real Estate Show with you till the top of the hour. With us for this half hour, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. They come in as a team. They are the number one Home Team Inspection Service now seven, and we say soon to be eight years in a row. I don't want to jinx you. You can reach Brad and his group, 844-411-TEAM. Also, Kevin Disler, Pitt & Frank Attorneys at 895-9900 you can uh, reach kevin anytime and he's his folks are more than happy to help you get your home closed at the closing table and kevin does other things too we might want to talk about that sometime uh, down the road there kev uh you can reach me sure. bob sicoler 376-5483 if you want to get your home uh, on the market or even talk about the plan and what to do to get it on the market uh, you can uh, reach out to me, Bob, sellmyhome.com or sellmyhomebob.com or by 376-5483. And we'll come out, no obligation, uh, no cost, just uh, we sit and talk and figure out what needs to be done to get you going. In the news, spring market already blooming, and so is the uh, competition. Buyer competition intensified ahead of uh, spring back in February now, they're saying, and likely will intensify further over the next few weeks on average. There were nearly five offers for every home sold in February. And then in March and higher in recent months are, and going to get it even higher. That's according to a new Realtors Confidence Index survey. Real estate professionals who were surveyed reported that five offers to, on average, in Massachusetts, Georgia, Texas, Colorado, Utah, Washington, California. But in here in Louisville and Southern Indiana, they're also, in, depending upon location and price, there are more than five offers coming in, just so you know. And to sweeten the pot, to get things going even more, our board of realtors this past week uh, before went ahead and approved something that we lost, we were not able to do up until last week. And that was the words coming soon. Kev, you want to uh, explain that from a legal perspective, what that means to to both buyers, sellers, and real estate agents? Well, essentially, as you, you're kind of commenting about kind of an overheated market that we have, and this is kind of throwing a little bit of gasoline on the fire. But a coming soon is a property that you're allowed to put on MLS as a coming soon property, but you're not allowed to show the property. It's my understanding you can put videos on, you can put photographs, uh, you can accept offers during that period of time, but the, the listing agent as well as a property owner are not supposed to show the home to a prospective buyer during that period of time, which I, is it 10 days, 14 days? No, it, days? it can be a maximum, I believe, of 14 days. But the moment you show it, it has to be changed from coming soon to active. Then the concern is Bob has a nephew that comes over with his friend to yeah. watch a ball game and looks at Bob's house. And it's my understanding, too, the list agents can be fined if they uh, tend to play games with a little bit, but that's yeah. going to create the market where you have to bid on a house sight unseen other than the photos and the videos of the house, because we're in a market where it's cash deals. You have to put it in, put it in fairly quick. You're going to have people in that 10 day period of time that can be feel compelled to put in an offer. So uh, what's your opinion on Bob? I haven't well, really got a chance to talk about it. Yeah, no. And I'm kind of on the fence because what happens if you put an offer in and then you, it's accepted, and then the buyer comes in and actually sees the house after it's active, marked active, and they don't like it. I've never been a big fan of uh, buying a home site unseen. It happens all the time. 
but I think we run the risk of uh, creating bigger problems. Now, the reason what happened was the coming soon label went away. I think it was about almost two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, Kevin, the National Association of Realtors uh, changed it so we couldn't promote coming soon. And then there were a lot of people locally and around the country in different municipalities who said, no, we want coming soon. We think that helps promote it. And aren't we working on behalf of our sellers? And yes, we are. And so they brought back this coming soon up to 14 days with some provisos in it. But nonetheless, I think it, it promotion can't hurt. So get it on the market, show what it is going to look like as much as possible, and then get a, get an offer, right? A couple of weeks well, ago. You, yep. You're in a position, it's, it's what well, cash offers, but you have a lot of people waiving contingencies, like inspection contingencies. Yeah, that's true. So that you're buying a house without physically being present. And I think you still have to be cautious. Everybody in this market wants to get their home, but you also have to be a little bit realistic. And like I said, you know, having Brad come in and do a home inspection to me is it's not optional. Uh, it should be mandatory, especially in a situation. I just had one just this morning, putting a bit in sight unseen. Physically, they have not been on the property, but they're worried about losing it. So they're putting in an offer without seeing the property. So dangerous. A couple of weeks ago, we put a house on the market. Uh, and I'll say it was 350000 good part of town. We got an offer in 40000 over the list. And they'll take it as is. They will do an inspection, but they'll take it as is. They won't ask for any repairs. And the first thing I did was I called the agent. I said, hey, did you actually show the house? I want to make sure you, because it was the first showing that she went in on and uh, they got the house. So. And so it does hold true. You know, the early bird does catch the worm. Well, I would just want to interject one last story was someone yeah. actually a broker rejected an offer and wouldn't allow it to be considered because the buyer, the prospective buyer had not physically come in town to look at the property. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. They were concerned about the risk yeah. coming. There back. is a, and it's a risk. It's a very true risk. All right. Moving forward. Something everybody needs to know about. We had an email come in which started this conversation going and uh, I'm looking for the ill email here. Um, Mildred asked and had heard us talk about radon and wondering a girlfriend told her about something called air things that it monitors uh, the house consistently. Um, it monitors radon and other things in the house. She's wondering, is it worth making an investment so that brought my attention when I saw that email. I asked Brad, Brad, tell us about your thoughts on something that does a constant monitoring because we've talked about radon. This is the first time I had heard something. It's not cheap, but go ahead and tell us more about yeah. it. So let me just preface all of this by saying that AirThings is the leading manufacturer of continuous radon monitors. So my company uses uh, AirThings uh, Corinthian Pros to do all of our testing uh, of radon. So when we're involved in a real estate transaction, we're using uh, AirThings. Uh, they are state-of-the-art. Uh, they are battery-powered. You don't plug them in. They are tamper-resistant. They So they can't be... Uh, you can't falsify any of the readings, things we've mm -hmm. talked about on the show before with mm -hmm. uh, with lesser equipment. But AirThings uh, has a great specialization in indoor air quality. So the system that you're talking about um, is actually a system that I have in my house. Um, it is called an AirThings uh, Wave. Um, the so it's a it's a monitor that's in my basement. Um, what it does is it's monitoring uh, continuously the levels of radon. 
uh, volatile organic compounds, the chemicals that are in the air. It's monitoring the humidity, the temperature. And then there's a, a hub that you communicate with. So it will send alerts to my phone if, say, radon you know, exceeds a certain level, or I just got an alert uh, a few minutes ago yeah. that the uh, humidity level in my basement is, is up. Um, again, I haven't turned on the, uh, the humidifier yet this season, so, or the dehumidifier. So it's, it's up. So I get the alerts, but, um, then there's also a satellite that they call the mini. And what it does is it tracks the VOCs and it tracks humidity, but it also has a mold risk. So you can use it in areas that would have a higher humidity reading at times. I've got one in my kitchen, but the reason that they're called wave is you wave your hand in front of it. And then it gives you a light, uh, green light means everything's great. Yellow is a you know, there's some uh, things that are getting elevated, and the red means one of the uh, one of the things that it's monitoring is is out of bounds. So take action, open windows, turn on fans, whatever the case might be. But yeah, it's um, it's a whole house system. Uh, they're available directly from air things are available on Amazon. I, I, I don't know what the current price is, Bob, for it. It's like what 300 bucks or, well, or it, so it ranges from, it starts at maybe 179 and they're different uh, yeah. types and they go up. Uh, we should all, if I'm not mistaken from what I read, cause I'm pretty interested in just thinking about mm -hmm. doing buying it is that uh, there's an app on your phone. So you're yep. able to monitor it right. remotely from anywhere yep. of the world from your phone. Right. So mm -hmm. correct. Yeah. It, it connects to your Wi-Fi in your house. So yeah. you're, as long as you've got Wi-Fi access to your home, then you, you can tap in and see what's going on and it will push out alerts as, as things, you know, in get to elevated levels, it will send an alert to you too. So it doesn't monitor in some of them CO2, the carbon monoxide. Uh... No, it's not a, it's not a carbon monoxide detector. Uh, okay. That's one thing that you would have to have a separate uh, monitor for it. I don't know that there is a, uh, an air things that, that uh, has uh, carbon monoxide in it. Yeah. So the, the question comes up and Kevin, I'm interested because and for you and for all of our listeners, and again, it's a, it's, it's pricey. It's not like you can spend a buck and, and you're going to get something. It's a, we're talking some money, but radon is so serious just to recount um, and recap this. If it's four Pico Curies or above the EPA, oh, you've got, and Brad, by the way, is showing us his air things app on his phone right now. Right. That's showing so, 2.2. What does that mean? Yeah. Your radon so, level is 2.2. So that is, that is my average over the last 48 hours. Uh, it, my current, my, my actual reading at the moment is a, is a 1.6, but over the last 48 hours, we've had some rain radon levels increased during those, those low pressure systems. So I'm averaging a 2.2, but this actually gives me, I mean, I can track it, you know, for the entire year and I see those seasonal you know, you can see the little yellow uh, lines there where it's peaked out above four uh, at a couple of different times throughout the different seasons. So you can see actually what's going on in your house um, day by day, week by week, month by month, and then just see it over a period of a year. Uh, and that's really, you know, honestly, that's the very best way to track, you know, radon in a home is it's truly a continuous measurement like that. Um, I'm, you know, my house, I don't have an elevated level of radon, but there are peaks, you know, at, at certain times of the year, like we, like we see here, I had three peaks in the last 365 days that were above a four. Would you not go down to your basement if it's above a four? Just uh, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't probably not go out and work out down there if uh. it's if it's high. I do try to you know kind of stay out of the basement there. It's not my favorite part of the house, but um, you know I, I do have an indication anytime, and I actually make a habit of just kind of running my hand over the monitor, you know, before I go and start working out. Just make sure just, that it is green. Okay, a curious question from a layman's standpoint: if if I have a say bought a house ten years ago 
radon tested, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Over a period of time, does that change? So radon levels will fluctuate. The only thing I uh, typically will tell people is unless you've made some structural changes to the house, um, if you've put new doors and windows in your house, you absolutely need to retest uh, because the house gets tight. If you put in a new HVAC, particularly an air handler, then I would I would suggest retesting for radon. Even if you've had low scores in the past, you want to retest because the tighter the house gets, the more the radon will linger. Anything you do with the ventilation in the house is going to change where the radon accumulates uh, and how it moves throughout the house and how quickly it will uh, will will come out. But yeah, seasonally, I mean, yeah. you always get seasonal variations in, in radon anyway. So you're saying if, for example, I put new windows in the, on the first floor, it's a ranch. So even though it's on the first floor, should I have it retested because of the basement would be affected? Yeah. Yeah, I would. And and the only reason is, is because now you don't, you've lost a lot of the air leakage that you would have had because radon follows the stack effect. So it's the, it naturally wants to move up. It goes from the basement up, um, in the house, just the way the ventilation works. That's why we, we test in the basement because it's going to you know typically have the highest levels. But anytime you tighten the house up and you remove all of those drafty areas, like that's why you know a house that was built in you know the 1930s or 1940s with basements that are made of cinder block, you know you don't see high radon levels there because the the, the block is so much airflow that that goes you know through it. And again, just to recap, the, the radon is colorless, odorless gas, second leading cause of lung cancer among smokers, the leading cause of lung cancer among non-smokers. That's why we're spending Correct. so much time on this, because it's a very important point of being safe and living in your home. And if you haven't done a test or, well, if you haven't done a test at all, you need to, even if it's just on a slab or a crawl space, right, Brent? Yeah, that's true. And for people that have a radon mitigation system in their house, you know, I know that the uh, the folks that put those in will recommend that the systems are tested somewhat regularly. And, I, and that's probably every three to five years is what I've heard them say. But you want to make sure that your fan is running. You know, a lot of times we have houses that we that we inspect and the the, the radon fan is not running. You know, and if the fan's not running, the it's not drawing out uh, the radon from the house and it will accumulate. So sometimes it's as simple as there's on-off switches. Sometimes, you know, someone will accidentally turn one off or the switch has gone bad and it and it uh, it kills the uh, the fan. But that's that's something that uh, you have to check. You want to make sure it's running. Right. Again, what we're, what we're talking about for your home, if you want to invest in this, I, I found it on Amazon, Air Things wave radon and there's different models the one that brad you have is the 2950 air things 2950 is that right I, Do you know i have the i have the one that's called the um wave plus okay uh, i think it's called the house kit because mine has the hub and that, the, that is uh, about the 300 with yeah the that's the 300 yeah, yeah. okay all right hopefully that price has come that price has actually come down versus what oh, i good. paid for several years ago folks if you're thinking about it you want more information feel free to email me bob at we sell and we'll send you out what I've got. We'll talk to Brad. And um, this this whole segment, this whole show, as all other shows, will be available to watch and review. LouisvilleAnswers.com is uh, where you want to go. That's going to give you a rebroadcast of the show. LouisvilleAnswers.com. Okay. We're going to come back with your, your questions via email because we're doing our COVID show. We're going to take a break. With us here, Kevin Disler, Pitt and Frank Attorneys, 895 9900 uh, I was going to say he's my friend, and, and so is all our team here. They're great people. Again, 895-9900. And then Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM. You can reach me anytime on my cell phone, 376 
We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, the area's largest home inspection company. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, inspect thousands of homes in Louisville and southern Indiana each year. And team makes all the difference. Extra sets of eyes and overlapping duties means a more thorough inspection and better value for you. Multiple teams mean we're able to inspect your home when you need it. Radon testing, home inspection, termite reports, one call does it all. Get the team, get home team. Pitt and Frank has been serving your community for over 30 years in real estate closings and our title professionals educate the real estate industry both locally and throughout the state. Tell your loan officer and realtor to close with Pitt and Frank where we pride ourselves on being your trusted real estate closing expert. Pitt and Frank, signed, sealed and delivered at 502-895-9900. That's 502-895-9900. In the real estate market, sellers and buyers have great expectations, and as a real estate agent, you take pride in fulfilling them. But some things are beyond your control. So what can you do? Choose Home Warranty of America's 13-month plans. HWA plans cover the home buyer against any breakdowns or repairs, keeping you and your clients safe from any covered claims. We offer comprehensive plans with competitive pricing, and our dedicated team will work with you every step of the way. To learn more, contact HWA today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I built the number one brokerage firm in New York City by marketing luxury homes to the most qualified buyers. What makes the difference today in your area? The same thing, custom marketing to the right buyers. In Louisville, the agents with the best marketing plan are Bob and Greg Sokola. Their personalized marketing sells more homes for more money. If they can't find the right buyer on your deadline, they will buy it. Get the best marketing for your home. Go to WeSellLouisville.com and put more money in your pocket. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sikoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you till the top of the hour. Thank you so much, Barbara Corcoran, who's a mentor and a friend with us as we continue our show. Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. You can reach them at 844-411-TEAM. Also, Kevin Disler, Pitt and Frank Attorneys, 895-9900. Kevin and his group do a phenomenal job getting the uh, loans closed. And, and Kevin does a lot of other things as well. And then Brad and his team over at home team come in as a team and, and get the house inspected in a very short period of time to get it done the best you could possibly get. Back to our uh, questions coming in, because we are in a COVID show format, which means no phone calls. We just take the emails. You can send me an email, bob at we sell louisville.com. So uh, Kevin Misty sent us an email. She has two large dogs in her house and is planning to sell her home this spring and she's worried that even though the dogs are going to be in cages when the house is shown she's worried that someone could try to uh, pet the dogs through the cage and maybe get bitten so she's wondering what are her liabilities and how does she protect herself and her dogs uh from being sued any thoughts well we've had some situations like that in the past where uh you know people have gotten charged and or bitten by dogs during you know showing the homes yeah I think it's a better idea just you know to try to have them out of the house if at all possible uh if a child comes into the home um sticks their hands in the cage you could have yourself a pretty good dog bite case and again you have to keep your home into a condition that you know reasonably protects others coming into the home and if bob Sikoler comes into the home 
dogs in the cage, plenty of warnings might work, but a lot of times you have people that are the little ones. They come in and I just think that subjects you to some pretty good liability. And the other thing with the homeowner's policies, I know a lot of them have exclusions for certain breeds. And mm-hmm. so, especially if that's not the breed covered by your homeowners, you're fully exposed at that point. It's sure. just, I think, a, a good idea to just see if you can get the dogs out of the house during that time it's shown. To prevent that from ever happening. Brad is showing a picture. Explain what you got on in back so, of you there. Speaking of getting the dogs out of the house, this is actually a dog that climbed out onto the roof with my inspector. So, yeah, this was, uh, you know, when you take a picture of yourself up on a roof, it's called a roofie. Uh, when the dog comes out on the roof, it's, uh, when the dog comes out with you, it's called a woofy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Dogs uh, can get into some strange places when the inspectors show up. That is for sure. So we appreciate them being secured and let the inspectors know where where they're going to be. Yeah, and if you want to see again the the video or the pictures that uh, Brad showing, LouisvilleAnswers.com is the uh, location of the URL to go to LouisvilleAnswers.com. And from our perspective, I would just tell you that for showing your home, the dogs, for the best scenario, dogs, cats, animals should be out of the house. But we understand that that just doesn't occur all the time. And maybe the cats or dogs get concerned or upset when they're out of the house. So if they're in a cage, that cage should probably be behind another barrier. So for example, let's say uh, Fido is um, in a cage that, and the Fido barks and blah, blah, blah. So the cage should be in another room, like a bedroom, and across the front of the, where the door is, you can put another gate. So that prevents people from going in with a note, please feel free to look into the room, but don't go into the room physically. That prevents the clients, the buyers and their kids from going into the room and putting their fingers into the cage. I mean, there are ways to work around any scenario. Each one is different. So again, call me and I'm more than no obligation for you. Just call me and ask how you would handle this. And I'm more than happy to help you. Three, seven, six, five, four, eight, three. So that it's a really good question. And it certainly is something that we are, um, are happy to address because it can be scary when you're selling your house, you want to make sure things are done correctly. Alan sent us an email, Brett, asking us about his driveway. Uh, It happens to be an exposed aggregate driveway. And he noticed from this winter that there are a lot of cracks in and also a couple of chips in the driveway. So he's wondering what steps should he take to stop the cracking and chipping and protect the driveway in the future? And it may already be too late since he's already got cracks and chips. Well, I mean, cracks are going to be common in any type of, of hard surface, any poured concrete, whether it's an aggregate or whether it's, you know, broom finish or, you know, a, a rough surface, it's yeah. going to crack, you know, even with reinforcing uh, steel in it, it's still going to crack, but you do need to tend to that. There are a lot of different products available at your you know local big box store uh, that is a uh, a crack patch. Uh, some have sand in them, so they look very much like the aggregate. Um, there are some that are actually just sand in an epoxy that will approximate the color of the aggregate itself. The only thing I would caution about that is that does tend to crack over time. And and I'll, on a personal note, I tried that a couple of times. It always cracks. So I prefer something that's going to be more of a latex or a polymer based. But still, you can you can get it with a with almost a sand finish. But <clears throat> the chips that he's seeing is probably spalling, which is when layers of, of the concrete start flaking off. And the best thing to do there is to use the aggregate sealer. So there's a lot of different products out there, but either it's a, it, it is a do-it-yourself job, um, best to pressure wash everything first before you put the aggregate down.
down. I always want to put grit in it. There's a grit that you can buy, put into the aggregate because it can be kind of slippery when it gets wet. So, you know, when I'm doing my own driveway with that, because I've got the, that same type of problem at my house, but the sealer will stop the spalling from happening. It'll slow it down. It'll slow down the deterioration um, of that driveway. And, you know, I probably am doing it every maybe third year in my house. Uh, some people have, you know, may, they may have to do it every other year, depending on how much, you know, traffic they've got on it and how it faces the sun and, you know, how quickly the, uh, the, the, the sealants uh, break down, but uh, the, those will, that will help with spalling. So a couple of questions about the sealant and uh, you can get a stained sealant. So it's a little darker. Yes. If you're going right. to do, fill in the cracks with the concrete uh, and you want to try to match it, if that's at all possible, yeah. you, you want to do that first before you first. put the sealant down, right? Yeah. Correct. Now yes. I had been told never to use uh, a caulk in the cracks. Mm -hmm. Do you hold to that theory as well? So, there, uh, so caulk, um, it's a it's it's a broad range there are some things that are specific that that i would call caulk because it comes in a tube yeah. but it's made specifically to fill driveways the 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 caulk like yeah i wouldn't use something that would be from my shower one the the sealers are not going to cover over the caulk they won't adhere to the caulk so uh the the problem you run into is if you use a kitchen and bath like a yeah, like a, right. a, a a wet surface kind of is that it's going to it's going to have a stark contrast to the rest of the driveway but there are some things that i would call caulk but made specifically for you know exposed aggregate driveways i mean they're they're, they're the right color uh they will take they they've got the the sand finished to them and they will take the sealer where it will stick to it like a like a paintable caulk would you would have you know inside a house so the next question for that and we'll wrap up on the ceiling is it a uh, sealer is it too often to do it every year and can you overdo it by putting too thick of a layer on every year i think it's i don't think you can overdo it i don't think you can get too thick of a layer um, but it just becomes slippery so unless you're putting that grit in there to give you a little bit of traction a little bit of of, of surface to it or, or, or friction to it it just the, the the thicker coats where you almost lose and i'm not don't know that i've seen it but where you would lose you know some of the pebbling effect that you have with the aggregate um all of those things are you know giving you a little bit of traction so i think as long as you're putting some sort of grit in it um you know i i've got neighbors that that you know redo every year i i mean it always looks beautiful um, before they do it, but they, they put another coat on. I don't think it's hurting anything, but it, they can, it. It can be really slick. All right. We've only got a minute left. And while we're on this topic and this, Kevin, you may have the same concern and problem. The steps, whenever I go to a house, I look very carefully to see if the steps are pulling away or if there's a crack between the steps and the threshold or the, the stoop. And a lot of times there are. And once again, it comes back to sealing those up mm -hmm. What would you suggest for those? Would you use a concrete or? So, well, it depends on how severe, um, you know, if you're, or, if you're more than a quarter inch or so uh, of a gap, you probably are too far uh, to be able to use a caulk on it. You, you probably at that point, you're wanting to get somebody that can actually probably lift that stoop up uh, some of the concrete, you know, jacking companies right. that can, uh, that can lift those things up because what's happening is the steps are just settling because they're just poured in place and they're just settling um, and they need to be lifted back up. So you have more than a quarter inch. I, you could, you could put caulking backer in it, but really you're pulling away from your house at that point and want to stop the movement of those steps more so than even worrying about the, 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 the gap. All right. Final thought on this, Kevin, 
if you bring in a company to lift the steps back up or, or patch it up to a, a perfection where you can't tell that there was any crack or movement before, should that be disclosed in the home disclosure? Because if you don't, are you opening yourself up to problems if the steps pull away again down the road? Yeah, I think you could be. I mean, I think it's always good to, to disclose if you have it professionally repaired, you have the paperwork from it. Uh, there's really no downside to not disclosing it. I don't think the normal homeowner would have an issue with that. The problem before, and it's just, you mentioned about the quarter inch. If you just caulk it, yeah. you sell the property, the buyer notices it sliding away. It's maybe a hint of a structural in, uh, issue with the home. Then you have big problems, I think. So I think the best thing is have always have it professionally repaired, keep all your paperwork, disclose, provide the paperwork. That gives you the best protection if anybody tries to come back against you post-closing, saying that you, know, that you didn't fully disclose the condition of the home. Got it. We're out of time. It was a fascinating show. We delved into some topics here a little deeper than we normally would, but I think it was well worth it. Uh, my thanks to Brett Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, a wealth of knowledge, uh, 844-411-TEAM. Also, Kevin Disler, Pitt & Frank Attorneys, 895-9900. Both guys do a great job in their prospective fields. If you're looking to sell your house or thinking about it, call me. Uh, you can reach me at 376-5483. We'll talk about what the plan should be. No obligation. Uh, I'd be thrilled to be able to help you at any time. That's it, folks. We're out of time. See you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS.